I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the newest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and i have with me the lovely and beautiful and talented queenie once more hello and i also have the lovely and talented and beautiful todd as well what in the world (laughs) so undued so undued oh but you are my dude my dudette. Yes, you are. <clears throat> so, our episode tonight, it has a very, uh, very special focus on the newest, I guess it, in a way you would call them the new vampires, but they've kind of been around just as long as the vampire phenomenon, and that is zombies. Um, everywhere you go, you find the shambling hordes anymore, be it on television, um, in comic books, radio even, you know, everywhere you look, you will find a zombie. We're going to cover the phenomenon that it is the zombie outbreak of the last... Oh, God. My voice just went screwy. Oh. That was awesome. You suddenly Uh, went to uh, the south. uh, (laughs) The south's going to rise again. God almighty, this is all your fault. (laughs) You have just screwed me up tonight. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Queenie and I veto you. We're keeping it. (laughs) Don't make me get the hick out. The hick will come out. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, you try to pretend you weren't from Missouri, but it just came out. It's your fault. Then it it comes out like that. I can make it worse. I can start talking like this the whole show. Felker carb. (laughs) Now we're doing the redneck zombie show. Oh, my God. Back at you and gut chomping creatures of the night. (laughs) God, and we just went to hell in handbasket. Brines. Still Mountain Dew out of my face. <laughs> I got the brines in the family. You're just I a mess. I know. <laughs> Shut the carb. <laughs> Queenie, this picture of you, it looks like you're like French kissing Ron Weasley. <laughs> That's my husband. <laughs> Dude, he looks like he needs to hang out with Harry Potter. <laughs> He'll love that. Get your wand. <laughs> Ron Weasley. I am not Ron Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> this whole show has gone to hell. Oh, God. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, <laughs> You will hear it till I'm happy. God damn it. <laughs> But in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, all the latest and greatest zombie epics like The Walking Dead, all the the new zombie, uh, the zombie books that are out there. There's so many, I can't even list them all off. And also the new documentary talking about one of the greatest horror films of the 80s, Return of the Living Dead. And we will have one of their the film's producers, Mike Perez, on to talk about that. As always, uh, we've gotten some questions, too, to, to answer uh, from some of our listeners out there uh, that have to do with zombies. And we actually have some, some pretty good ones. Um, one is from uh, a lady named Connie Conway. And she had asked, what's the difference between a mummy and a zombie? Queenie, well, do you want to take that one? Sure. Um, I would say the difference between a mummy and a zombie is how they were made. Mummies 
tend to be of Egyptian origin. And then you have the whole wonderful Egyptian mythos that goes with that. Um, they can be, you know, pharaohs or whatnot, or just slaves that were wrapped up with pharaohs. But um, they tend to uh, come from that whole corner of the world and that mythology, whereas the zombies mythos is a varied mythos that uh, has the shambling dead, not wrapped in cloth like uh, mummies would be. Spit it out! My roommate just came in and totally distracted me, I'm sorry. (laughs) Zombies just rise from the dead. They can originate from any sort of virus to like voodoo to whatever, but um, mummies are specifically of Egyptian mythology and specifically um, desiccated in a very different kind of way than the way a zombie would be if the zombie rose. Because zombies can come from anywhere. Zombies could come from the ground. They could come from your next door neighbor getting bitten by a zombie dog or whatever. And um, mummies are from Egypt. And well, and there's also, well, and also, if you go by what we learned from the Universal horror films, which mm-hmm. is the Tana leaves were used to invoke um, the mummies back to life, and Absolutely. and and like you said, the the voodoo. Um, practitioners there's different kinds of zombies typically your mummies will be the same type of variety they they absolutely uh, they at least in in film lore they're usually from egypt and um Mm -hmm. they are created with magic um your zombies as we said virus um is the biggie now that everybody tries to blame um toxic waste uh from, uh, of course, Return of the Living Dead is a good way yep. of showing that. And then you have the voodoo practitioners. And um, another great movie, that re- a really great movie, if you want to look into that, is uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Absolutely. That was a great movie. Oh. Wonderful Wes Craven. And flick. the book is great, too. And it's a true story, yep. which is even creepier. Um, another question <clears throat> that uh, Connie had was, what happens if a regular person eats a zombie? Oh well, I, I would say I would lean towards infection. I would mm-hmm. say that they get turned if you eat zombie flesh, you get turned. I would agree. I would agree because <clears throat> like zombies are usually infected. You know, I mean, you could have the magical zombies. We'll just put them aside for a moment, but usually they're infected with something, especially nowadays. The infection oh, yeah. thing is such a big thing in zombie movies. Um, I guess people are just afraid of viruses a, a lot nowadays, and they were when zombies first originated, they first came about from like voodoo culture and um, the Haiti, the Haitian people and their magic. But um, yeah, so that's. Well, and, and I thank you, Connie, for those questions. That's actually, I, I'm glad we got to cover some of that because um, the, the, the mythology of these creatures is a lot of the appeal. And what what has been built over the years, thanks to fiction and the uh, <clears throat> the films that have been done, we've built our own mythology around the zombies, and it's been taken way away away from where they originated, uh, from the world of voodoo to our modern take on them, which you know a lot of it's based in science, but what I think the appeal of the zombie is is the unknown. There's so many ways of of them becoming and then but you don't know how to stop them and and they just keep coming and that's the the horror part of it and and they're also great for metaphor um and that's something that Romero did so well in his original films and everyone I mean this the the fact of what Dawn of the Dead was really about has been talked to death no oh, yeah, totally. no pun intended there but but it it really has but it was so brilliant and he's he's gone back to that um using the zombie as a metaphor in other films like land of the dead definitely but i i think that it's just you know it's there's still a lot of life left in that creature no pun intended <laughs> again um god i'm i'm really horribly punny tonight you know and and i want to talk a little bit about too what he did with those films um a couple of years ago i wrote an essay that um to this day i'm very proud of it uh which was the 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 way in his films uh he you you can watch the progression of women in 
horror films and, and just the strength of women in, in films in general with the first three Romero films, which was, uh, you know, you Barbara and um, Night of the Living Dead. Basically, she gets, you know, she gets eaten. They, she doesn't win at all. And then you have how in, the, in Dawn, Fran just became a complete, you know, she, she decided to make her own fate and was trained and lived when her, um, when her man didn't make it. You know, he, she was the one that ended up having the strength. And then uh, that kind of, uh, in, in, the, uh, in Day of the Dead, you have the epitome of a female role model in Sarah who uh, she lives, she's the smart one. She tries to save her man who is actually the, the weaker by far of the two, even cuts his own arm off, you know, cuts, her, cuts his arm off to save him. So, you know, there's a lot of things that were done in those films that uh, the, the metaphor was so great and Romero was the master of that, I think. Yeah, totally. I, I agree. Um, I love the fact that zombies can be so useful for when you want to make a statement about culture, about humanity, anything, um, because uh, a lot of us relate to the whole feeling like shambling dead, you know, and when we see movies like Shaun of the Dead, I love Shaun of the Dead because it was hilarious for one. And for two, the social commentary was amazing because it's so true. Like just the beginning of the film where you see people and they're not even undead yet, but they're acting like undead zombies because that's how you feel in this society these days. You know, sometimes you just feel like you're just droning on. You're just getting it done because you have to. Well, and, and, and the blank slate of a zombie is so perfect yeah, for us, you know. Absolutely. They are an empty canvas that you can project anything on. So, and, and sadly, we see ourselves in them way too easily. It's true, and and uh, it 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 feeds. It's so perfect nowadays for sure with you know unemployment and mm-hmm. and and how many you know people are are just basically scraping by and they yep. have no focus because it's all been taken from them. Yep. And yep. and so the the commentary is still re- prevalent and, and relevant today of what they can be used for. And that's why I think, too, so many new zombie, um, you know, pieces of art and, and like in the comic book world um, and in film and books and why they've kind of reemerged as such a big part of horror and in culture in particular and just all around us Um it feeds into that. We're back into that whole, um, that mindset that, that Romero plugged into so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so like speaking of the new, the new, um, the new things out there, f- if, uh, for the zombie fans to read one that I'm, I really, really enjoy. And I don't know if, if, if Todd, uh, you were a comic book guy, I don't know if you've seen this or Queenie, there's a, a zo- it's called I zombie and it's out by vertigo. Mm-hmm. And yep, it's actually it. set, it's set in Eugene, Oregon, my hometown. That's awesome. That's awesome. It, <laughs> and it's, it's a great comic. Um, and she, it's, it's a different take on the, on the genre. Um, it's, it's actually a girl, first of all. It's a, it's a chick zombie. And uh, it's written by Chris Ro- Roberson. And um, she actually works as a grave digger because it gives her easy access to fresh brains. Or cool. somewhat, somewhat fresh brains, and but she actually um, can think and is coherent. She's not rotting. She's very, very pale. Um, but it's also kind of neat because her character, I believe, she can um, talk to the spirits of you know. She sees ghosts and 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 because of of her uh, condition. And she kind of has to help these spirits um, figure out things. I think it's because when she eats the brains of these bodies, they, she takes some of them, some of their essence and is able to, to see their lives. That's and a cool idea. It's a very cool, cool concept. And it actually is, is sort of similar, but not quite to another great, um, it's, an, uh, it's actually a, a fiction novel, um, not a comic called warm bodies and i've actually talked about this previously it's by isaac marin and um it got a great bump um because uh simon Pegg touted how good it was um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of people were comparing it to Twilight, but it's not Twilight by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and, and what the story is about is um, you actually have it from the perspective of the zombie, and his name is R. Um, and it's such a neat vision and insight into um, using the metaphor uh, that you can you can use with the zombie, but he, um, how Marion does it um, with with like there being baby zombies and how still in these creatures shambling brains they they still remember enough vague um, shadows of life that they sort of parody it. And they congregate, they even have weddings, um, but they're not, you know, not affairs like we would think. But, and then they, the little baby zombies, they kind of adopt them into their own. Oh, wow. And uh, it's, it's really, really creepy and well done. And, but it's also a romance and, um, but it's not a clean romance. You can't have a clean romance (laughs) with zombies. It's just not doable. I mean, they've, there's some out there. But this is more like a gritty, nice, really just a nice juicy take on um, the concept. And it's actually, of course, being made into a film. Um, It's going to be out, I believe, next year. Um, Not helping the Twilight uh, comparison, though, is the fact that it's being done by Summit Entertainment. But, but, But I think... Um, I, I actually got a chance to talk to Isaac Marin um, at Comic-Con, and maybe uh, at some point I'll get to um, let you guys hear that interview. Um, but uh, he, it, he really um, wants it to be true to the book, and I hope that they do that. Um, but any, but what's, what's, what I mean by the not clean and easy it, it, by any means is the fact that the, the plot details um, this... R finds uh, some survivors and um, he attacks them in a in a pack and it's a it's a horrifying scene um, and he eats the brain of this girl's boyfriend and um, he's already more of a higher functioning zombie than the rest but when he does this um, how what it's kind of like a drug addiction for zombies in the, the description that they give of why they eat brains and um, what happens is he in, ingests his memories and his emotions. Mm. Um, and so he, f- thanks to this and the fact that he's a higher functioning sort of individual, he finds he's attracted to the girl. And he, instead of killing her, saves her and takes her back with him, but doesn't really know what to do with her um, because he's lost that being a zombie. But he, he, right. needs, he, he fills this need... And it's kind of creepy because he keeps some of the brain in his pocket to keep the munch on later to keep that little shred of alive within him. So it's a it's, snack. it's a little it's it's a really and there's even mentions of what kind of what what zombies consider pornography and it's it's cool. it's a disturbing book and like I said there's not really a clean easy way of of you know if they want to keep true to it and I think they do um, and uh, it's. It's going to be an interesting film. I, I really think it'll be good. And it's beautifully written. Um, he's got like a way with words. It's really brilliant. So, um, and of course, um, World War Z uh, by Max Brooks. We're getting that um, in, a, in a film, of course, everyone's heard about the Brad Pitt. Um, but Max Brooks, I, I love the fact that his dad is Mel and that Mel is a horror movie fan. Um, <laughs> and he's actually yeah. doing He's actually doing a horror movie coming out soon. Um, he's actually talked about it. And not just in, and I think it's going to be more of a serious film. I'm kind of going off topic here with this, but I just think that's so cool. I'm sorry. It's, that's, that makes me get You're a fangirl. What can you say, right? I am. And, and Mel Brooks, man, that guy, he was he's my, awesome. he's, he was part of my childhood. I can't help it. Mine um, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, so, you, you've got all of this going on. Of course, you've got The Walking Dead, um, which uh, just brilliant, you know, film, you know, brilliant TV series, brilliant, brilliant comic book. Um, and it's just, they're everywhere now. They've, they're, um, they're sort of battling it out with vampires as the, being the new big thing. And um, 
I, yeah, it, I've noticed that. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, I, and I'm not making up the whole romantic aspect either. There's, no. There was a... Have you seen... Did you see that they have um, a, uh, a romance novel anthology about zombies? Really? That is yeah. awesome. It is. <laughs> but I just don't know like, how you can do that. I mean... Well, well, I know. I, I tell you, have you ever seen an episode of um, uh, Masters of Horror called Heckle's Tale? I think so. Yes, I think I saw that one. That it is was probably, awesome. <laughs> it was probably it was so creepy. <laughs> it was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. It was a zombie orgy, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Oh, well, you, you can't, can't wash it from your brain. <laughs> yeah. Once you've seen this, you can't wash it from your brain. And, and that's why I'm, I, when I saw that romance novel setting there next to the nice, pretty Harlequins, I'm like, oh. But no, of course, they, they've cleaned it, you know, cleaned it down. There's no talk of, I mean, the one guy did have a hole in his chest, but it's, yeah, yeah I mean, there's, I just don't think zombies, like, okay, for me, anyway, personally, I don't think zombies make good romance because, like, they're zombies. It's going to be horrific and gross and terrible. That's what zombies do best. Vampires are more clean, you know? Vampires are, I mean, they're not. Sometimes. 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 I mean, I prefer (laughs) the Nosferatu vampire to the friggin' Twilight vampires, for, for example, I mean, I think Twilight is just a watered-down vampire. More of a friggin' fairy than anything. I mean, fairy sparkle, not vampires. You know, well, like- well, the thing with Twilight, um, that, and I, I, somehow I knew once I talked about warm bodies, and get this, <laughs> but the thing about Twilight that I have a real problem with, and, and I say this all the time, is Twilight is harmless, fluffy fluff. And... The, my problem isn't with Twilight because I actually enjoyed Twilight for what it was, which is fluffy fluff. My problem with Twilight are the people that love it to the point that they do not want to acknowledge anything else. Yeah, they're kind of scary, but I actually have more of a problem with Twilight than just it being, it's not just fluffy fluff to me. It it gives these illusions of what women should act like, and I am very offended by it oh I guess that too the feminist yeah in me yeah no, no, yeah the, the, feminist in me. <laughs> yeah, the like, whole a lot of people have a problem with bella and totally and, she's a wimp she doesn't know how to stand up for herself be a strong independent woman and like you're gonna go and like nearly kill yourself vomiting and in tears because your boyfriend <laughs> left you fuck off yeah, oh, sorry <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to swear on the radio. Sorry, we can't. That's a, no, that's, that's a dollar in the jar, a dollar in the jar. But, but, um, and we, I, I definitely want to talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this next week because next week we're going to be talking vampires and stuff with, um, because that's that's going to be the dark shadows episode, and that I know we, I definitely want to talk about um, Twilight with that because. You've got to represent what came before, and they aren't. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's all I'll say about that right now. So okay. we'll we'll reel we'll it back, back to the Walking to Dead. Things. Well, okay, yeah. romance zombies. I got a good one for you for romance zombies. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's a Canadian movie called Graveyard Alive, and it's a love story. It's about a zombie nurse, and she, you know, ends up accidentally infected, and she's in love with like a coworker. And she does these cute little things like store brains in the freezer, you know, it's just, it's, it's an adorable film. It really is. And as much as I think zombies really aren't built for romance, that movie did touch me a little because it was just so sweet. It was just well, so cute. Well, and then there's always Cemetery Man, which... Cemetery Man, yeah, that's a good one. That's with, a good one. With the, with the uh, amazing Rupert Everett, who always, always, man, oh, pretty. Um but uh, there, there's also like not just this, but there's also other novels out there that you really should look into. That are there's like the funny, the the funny horror stuff too, because it's it's such a you know there's so much to you know material that you can go oh, with yeah. with with this stuff. Like Absolutely. Diana Rowland has a great book called My Life as a White Trash Zombie. Awesome. And- <laughs> it's really hilarious and you should totally check that out and then there's some more some more like uh great just straight up um stuff like brains a zombie memoir by robin becker 
um, another great book that you should totally check out that is written from, you know, it's the zombie has written it and it's, uh, he used to be a, an English teacher. Um, and so he's very verbose for a zombie and, and it's a great read. It's not a long book, but it's, it's a great book. And then if for the more darker, um, thing, there's a, there's a great book called Pariah by Bob Fingerman. That is also Ooh. something I would suggest to, um, pick up. And, uh, yeah. so I think that, you know, for sure there's so much out there for zombie fans right now. And I know we all love them. I mean, if you're a horror fan, you have to, it, it's almost pre- prerequisite that you have to, to love zombies. I know because people who don't though. Like I know people who really don't, they're just like, oh, I don't care about zombies. This sucks. <sighs> but yeah, I kind of look at them like, what's wrong with you? But right. you know. did you punch them? <laughs> I, you know? No, I, <laughs> I can't really do that on my blog. You know, these people, oh, they true. can have their opinion, you know, but it's if, even like, if it's well, wrong, now. If, even <laughs> if it's wrong, they can have their opinion. But, you know, um, and also I, I got, I got to put out there too, you know, reanimator, reanimator mm-hmm. forever. Reanimator's awesome. Oh, you know, want to talk about zombie romance. How about Dr. Yeah. Hill and yeah. his head? <laughs> so you know, funny. but, but you know there's so much out there it's brilliant stuff but um our guest tonight um that will we will be uh bringing him on here shortly um he is the producer of a new documentary that details um one of the one of the best i think um movies from the 80s and i believe it may have even came out the same year as reanimator um that was a great year for horror movies um and, and that is of course uh dan o'bannon's um amazing film that is just, it meshed so many great things um which was you know music the great uh craziness of the 80s and you know, hard rock and uh zombies and that is return of the living dead and the return yeah. of the living dead yeah baby um <laughs> it, it just had so many <laughs> we're gonna keep doing that every so often there it's was return of the living so, dead <laughs> i know i know um there there's so many great zombie ever <laughs> Are you talking about trash? Are you talking about trash? She was Oh, yeah. So Linnea Quigley naked on a tombstone. I mean, come Absolutely. on. Yeah. And, and for me, it was all about Tom Matthews. I thought Tom Matthews was so cute. <laughs> and, um, and also, I loved James Karen. James Karen oh. can do no wrong in my eyes. That guy, he made me cry in the middle of this hilarious, creepy movie. That damn wedding band. <laughs> You're such a sweetheart. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Do you remember yes. that scene? Oh uh, God! Oh, I it was how it was well so heart wrenching. <laughs> and and I actually, um, I got uh, to interview Dan O'Bannon. Um, uh, I mean, like right before he passed away, which uh, will, will always be something that I'm I'm very glad and 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 honored that I got to talk to that man. Um, he, uh, I asked him about that scene, and he said that that really was all James Karen. Aww. He he wanted to do something, you know, because he knew that the character Frank was married, and and he wanted to do something that was really touching, and the whole kissing the wedding band and putting it on the thing that was all him. And oh, I'm like, wow, oh awesome. God, I want to hug him now. That's so cool. <laughs> so um, the the film. The uh, the documentary is called More Brains, uh, Return to the Living Dead. And it actually covers not only the first film, but the second film, which if you want to get a little, it pulled a little bit of an evil dead too, where it, it, mm. it rehab, you know, Ed and Joey were definitely, you know, they were, they were Frank and Freddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was even little in jokes about that there. But, um, and then it also covers uh, Return to the Living Dead part three, which was um, a, awesome awesome movie with um oh i can never remember her name i, I always want to say something um else, Clark. but thank you todd <laughs> i wondered if if talking about the chick would bring you to life back there yeah but minnie clark is as that character with with the just everything sticking out of her god forever she will be just beautiful and 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 just part of that role that um 
she made zombie sexy it was just she did and just the (laughs) idea i loved the the concept of it yeah and her her julie i can never remember julie thank you julie yes um she just the concept that the pain kept her from being hungry that was wicked Oh. It was so awesome. And just this whole Romeo and Juliet thing they had going on throughout the movie was brilliant. But she looks so badass. Holy. And by the and by the way, by the way, any of you uh fellow brown coats out there, do you know that did you do you not know that that was Mouse Hooker? <laughs> she was, was that really? Nandy. Oh my god. Gold. You're right. You're totally right. Now I can see and, it. Oh my god. Yeah, and and she was also, of course, Lady Heather in CSI. Yep. Oh, but, um, so honestly, Heather. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but all of us remember her. You know, all the horror fans are like, that's Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, she's a stunning woman. She's a beautiful girl. Um, but, um, yeah, she, and, and by the way, she played a chick named Jessica in Spawn. She was Jessica Priest. Yeah. She was? Yeah, oh she was bad. She's a badass. <laughs> teaching so, me so much to- <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm making Queenie so giddy. And I need to, I need to I need to stop. So, <laughs> but I need um, to go looking all this stuff up now. You know? <laughs> like, oh, you're really? gonna go well actually what's cool is not uh Return of Living Dead three, um, which is kinda hard to find to watch, is actually streaming on Netflix right now. It needs to so. be the unrated version, though, with the gore. I mean, they, the, yes. it's like on they DVD. They cut the hell out of it, didn't they? Yeah, and, didn't and they? Sucks. They it released the over. damn thing on DVD, and they released the cut version. I'm like, really? The laser disc I had was uncut. Why didn't they just use that? Mm. Yeah, I got it. You know, I hadn't watched it in so long. The last time I saw it, I think it was on VHS. Damn. damn. We'll be right back after a word from these messages. <laughs> After these messages, be right, be right back. back. <laughs> As everyone knows, rainbows usually have a treasure at the end. Let's follow this one and see if we can find the pot of gold. Brother, I suppose you've come to claim a treasure. Well, we'd like to see the gold first. Ethan, there's better than gold in here, me lad. No, no, just look here, no. Candy, refreshing soft drinks, popcorn, ice cream. Piping hot coffee, delicious hot dogs. Well, that's some treasure, but anyone can buy luscious treats like these at the snack bar of their drive-in theater. You don't tell me. Uh, Do you suppose you could get me a job as a snack bar attendant? The fear of the year is here. Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde, a monster he could not control, have taken over his very soul. A screaming demon rages inside, turning him into Mr. Hyde, an unstoppable black superman. Super strong, supernatural, and super bad. His punch can topple a skyscraper. His kick can split the earth in two. More destructive than an earthquake. Mightier than a tidal wave. A one-man disaster area. Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. When you're seeing what ain't, you're looking at a haint. Shot full of lead and he still ain't dead. Jump back, Jack, for your skull is cracked. Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. Starring Bernie Casey, Rosalind Cash, Stu Gillum. Directed by William Blackyella Crane. Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. So bring your mama, she'll like it too. And now, meet the star of our show. So with us, as promised, is Mike Perez. And he's the producer of the uh, the upcoming documentary, More Brains, A Return to the Living Dead. Say hello, Thank Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, how's everyone doing? It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. And we, we've just done, uh, we just got done talking about how prevalent um, zombies are in culture right now. Like they're having another resurgence, um, like the vampires were a couple of years ago. And now it seems like the zombies are sort of taking that over. Um, no, they, they totally are. Zombies are everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere right now. I mean, you don't see anything that, I, I swear every network has some sort of zombie show going on right now. Oh, totally. I mean, like they, um, with Walking Dead has, is definitely the, the biggie right now for sure. But we, I think there's, um, they've had them in Death Valley and I know there's a few other shows out there that they just, they just yeah. bring up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm glad too, because, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that, 
you know, people decided to not let um, this particular aspect of the genre die. It's, it, it, you know, it's very good that they keep, you know, keep it coming. Exactly. So, and I know you've been a part of some of the best documentaries to come out in the last couple of years about horror. I mean, I loved um, I Am Nancy and uh, Never Sleep Again was brilliant. Um, it's probably one of the best horror, horror documentaries I've ever seen. So it was very comprehensive. So, and, and in this capacity, this is like, I think, is this one of the first times you've been an executive producer on something like this? Well, when I when I was involved with the other films, I mean, I, I feel so lucky to actually, you know, if someone had asked, asked me like 10 years ago or even told me that I was going to be involved uh, in the history of A Nightmare on Elm Street, I would have never believed them. I would have just said, shut up, you know, <laughs> keep moving, because I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed it, because I mean, I grew up on those films, and I mean, those were like my Saturday morning cartoons, um, but... You know, I, I feel so lucky to be a part of them, and um, I, you know, just being uh, the publicist um, with my PR firm, and then you know, either being production manager like I was on uh, Screen the Inside Story. Um, I mean, it's all been a lot of fun. Um, but I've been really close with the cast of The Return of the Living Dead, the entire cast, pretty much. Uh, for the last five years, they're almost like my family as opposed to clients now. And I just knew because after doing Never Sleep Again and Scream the Inside Story and I Am Nancy and His Name is Jason's already been done, The Psycho Legacy, I mean, this was a great film that has, you know, some very interesting sequels as well. Um, I just knew it was a matter of time before it was going to be done, so I decided to jump on it and say, well, I might as well do it before somebody else does. I was going to say, I mean, how, what, what sort of role did Return of the Living Dead play in your life and in, in, in making you into the, the horror fan that I know you are? Well, oddly enough, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it, it all happened in the strangest way possible. Um, <laughs> about, I mean, just, I, I mean, the movie, I mean, punctuated my life. Um, I didn't watch it often, but I did watch it. It was definitely a favorite. Um, and it was, it's, it's one of those films that's, although it's a zombie film, it's very relatable. And I think there's a character in that film that everybody can relate to. Um, meaning, you know, like John Philbin's character, he's like the nerd of the group. And, you know, and uh, Linnea Quigley's character, she's kind of like the the trashy, promiscuous girl. And, you know, so, I mean, there's just a, a character for everyone to, like, relate to. That's so like I think that's why that movie's really loved. And I just decided, you know, one day I was just curious to see what Linnea Quigley was up to. Because, honestly, I don't watch a lot of scary movies. Um, so I looked her up. Um, she was on MySpace. And I sent her a message. She wrote me back. Uh, we corresponded back and forth a few times, and the next thing I know, I'm signing her on to my PR firm. She was my third client. So, and then with her, it just, it, everyone else just kind of, they they just kind of grew on me like pimples. You know, they just started <laughs> popping up here and there everywhere. And so, and so I had the whole cast, so it's kind of weird that I do rep all of them. It's just kind of weird like that. So it definitely had an effect on my life. So um, I know that the the film has one of the last interviews with Dan O'Bannon. Um, yeah. Were, yeah. How how was that to uh, talk to him and and include this into the film? How important was it to really give him the respect that he deserved for this? Well, the main the whole point is to give him the respect because I mean it's so funny when you talk to the cast, um, all of them will say. They didn't know what was going on during the film. Like, they read the script, they didn't understand. They were doing the movie, they didn't get it. They thought this was just going to be another, you know, fly-by-night horror film. And the truth is, it's like the, the film itself has got such a magical presence that I think Dan knew what he was doing. I think he knew what he was creating. So it was really our intention to totally give him the respect and to do this right, and to be so definitive. So we definitely had to 
have Dan's footage in there, and it's great to hear him talk about how Return of the Living Dead has completely changed his life, and it's great to, you know, just, I mean, for him just to be a part of this was is quite amazing. That's very sweet. I'm very, I'm very happy to see him in there. I, he was a great guy, and and yeah, I mean, people seem to, you know, he did one of the best Lovecraft adaptations I've ever, I've ever seen too, which was the, um, the Resurrected. I love that movie. Yeah. And yeah, so, we, we actually talked about that movie. Oh, I loved it. I, I Chris Randon was a creepy, creepy man in that. Um, <laughs> Um, so uh, the other thing I, I really love is the fact that you had so many, the, the film had so many good character actors and you've got them all here with like Don Calfa and, and James Karen. And yeah, I mean, how, how great was it to like get all these guys together, um, on for, to talk about this movie in, in, in detail and, and what kind of good stories did you get out of them? Well, to me, well, it's kind of different for me than it was for everyone else. I, I so I, I guess I'm going to have to speak for everyone else and say that it was quite entertaining. Uh, for <laughs> me, it's, I mean, to me, because they have been a part of my life for so long, it's kind of like when we either do a convention or we do something like this or we get together for a screening, for a Q&A. It's, it's sort of like a family reunion, you know? So, I mean, we all, you know, it's, we all click, and that's what I love about them is that we all get along. But if I took myself outside of that, it is very interesting to see this group of people together. And then when you, when you see them together, you see why that movie was so special, because everyone has this chemistry, and they, I mean, obviously they have this chemistry from day one. So it's, it's yeah. almost, just watching them get together is like entertaining itself. Like, you could just watch that for hours. I think that's <laughs> what makes really good movies is when the chemistry works with all the actors and everybody on the set. And... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, getting... Like Don, Cal- like the funniest thing in the world to watch is Don Calfa, James Carrot, and Clue Gulliver together. I mean, first of all, <laughs> awesome. These guys, right? These guys. I mean, you gotta think these guys are the you know the oldest guys from the crew, and mm-hmm. they they've got stories, man. They have got the greatest stories you will ever hear in your life, and and they're older fellas, so they kind of have to yell when they talk and they hear each other correctly. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, we're like trying to film these interviews and we got these three guys standing in the room because obviously they love to come early to catch up. And so they're all in the room and they're all talking very loud. We're like, guys, guys, it's, I'm so excited. You guys love seeing each other, but you have to keep it down a little bit, you know, but it's just, it's really good. And it's great to see everyone, you know, getting along and they're just a little family and it's quite adorable to watch actually. So, well, I'm going to hand it off to Queenie here. Queenie, do you have a question about the first movie? Oh, uh, <laughs> now that I'm on the spot, I don't. <laughs> you just blank. I, I know. Blank. That, I, I know she. I, I know that she. Um, and she. She and not not just Queenie, but many others were just um, still to this day amazed by Linnea Quigley in in the first film. Yes, she was amazing. Oh, yep. She's the iconic part of the film, obviously. I mean, she's front and center, definitely. I so, mean, not just what, that she's a beautiful lady. She she really took the presence of that character and made it r- really more raw and real for people, you know. And just watching her put things in her skin, it's just like, ooh, creepy, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I mean, Linnea is great. Let me tell you, Linnea is she's one of the sweetest people I've ever met, and. It's so funny because when I watch Return of the Living Dead now, it, mm-hmm. it's completely different for me. I kind of have to separate myself from the fact that I know them because it goes to show that they are really great actors because they're not, none of them are anything. Well, except for Beverly. Beverly is completely Tina. She's <laughs> Tina 100%. But everyone else is kind of really so far away from their characters. But, I mean, just... Linnea alone, I mean, she's kind of like a powerhouse that's on set. And when she's present, she's a, she's a very powerful presence. And 
I don't, I could not see anybody else doing that role except for Linnea. I, I mean, I really couldn't see, especially the, you know, the tombstone thing. It's, it's so mm-hmm. empowering. And I mean, I'm not, you know, granted, I was watching this movie probably when I shouldn't have been. And I'm not <laughs> saying that's the best thing for children to watch. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very empowering. And watching her in that role, it's, it's almost, um, I can't think of a word, but let's just say, I, I mean, with inside, I feel like after I watch her do that, it's like, I could do that. You know, she just inspires <laughs> me so much. I could get up there and rip too. my clothes off, but it really, I couldn't. It, it just yeah. would, it wouldn't be me. But, you know, it's like I, I can live through her. So she's definitely a powerful influence, and I she's a great part way. of the film. I felt the same way, too, because um, growing up, I didn't have the same female role models that a lot of my friends did because, well, I grew up watching horror movies and like five years old, uh-huh. like I watched Halloween. Um, so seeing her do things like that on, on, on the movie and just the whole taking the pain that I really related to that where I was when I watched it. So I felt that yeah. she was really speaking to me and other girls like me that, you know, you can, you can be strong as a woman. And I like that message, even a zombie woman. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> I think Linnea definitely empowers um, being a woman, absolutely. And she, I mean, and and I don't think it's degrading um, her role at all. I don't think it's degrading to women at all. I think she shows, a, you know, a side of women that is very strong and yeah. very present, you know. I felt the same way, and I I will defend that movie to the death. You know, if someone comes and, she's just, you know, um, Well, then that, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. I think there's nothing wrong with women being sexy in film. I think there's nothing wrong with women being powerful in film. And I don't think showing your booty is going to necessarily mean that you're degrading yourself. It's how it's done. No. And she she no, presented absolutely. a strong it, it, presence. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. I agree yeah. 100%. Cool, cool. And uh, I was telling I we were when we were talking about um the the films before uh, we brought you on, I was commenting on how Oh, amazingly touching the the scene with Frank and and his wedding band and all of that was and and Dan had said um, that that was a almost a hundred percent James Karen doing that scene he it, that was no, from we, him we, we cover that absolutely that's actually going a uh, very good um, scene that we do cover and James does get into very great detail um, he definitely uh, got into the role. And said, you know, I don't think that this guy would, you know, fit and become this. I think, you know, he, you know, he, he wouldn't want to be like that. He, that's not how he's going to go out. So we definitely talk about that. So you, you definitely have to watch the film to catch that. And I mean, it's a, it's a great story on why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that made me cry. And it's so funny too because, it, you know, like Queenie said, what she took away from just a, a, a character like Trash. And just how touching that scene is. People want to say that movies like, you know, um, people give horror movies a, a bum deal. But and a movie with a title called The Return of the Living Dead can affect someone so deeply. Like, like I, I teared up with, with Frank. Queenie took away this presence of, of strength from, from trash. It's, and we're still talking about this movie. Yep. Tw- yep. This, this many years later. I mean, that to me is speaks volumes about the work that, that Dan did in this and everybody else as well. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it, and I think, you know, even, you know, up until the, the moment that Dan died, he, you know, he's completely honored that this film is still here and that it still has the influence and the power that it does and how it, even outdoes new movies that recently come out. And, you know, yeah. and, and uh, it always will because there's, like I said, there's re- something relatable in this movie to everybody, whether it's a character or a scene. You know, there's something in there that usually connects with somebody. Right. And, and the music, too, is a big part of it. The, oh, the, I love the, the music. music. <laughs> the music in this was yeah. such a great 
there was such a great soundtrack to it, and to this oh, day, totally. people rock out to that. <laughs> no, absolutely. In fact, when when we, when we decided to do this, um, one of the things that I was really excited about was to talk about the music, and actually hearing some of the cast members talk about the music is quite funny. So you definitely have to tune in for that. But I mean, I just um, the song by SSQ tonight will make love until we die is just <laughs> to me that is just I mean that is an awesome song and it's totally you know, awesome. And, it's like you get you invoke this I don't know this inner something and at least I do and it brings you back to what I was saying about you know Linnea I think it has something to do with the music as well so we brought in Stacy Q um, who was the lead singer of SSQ at the time um, to talk about you know the song and it's really funny because you know it's she's she's so shy and so cute it's adorable but. Um, <laughs> No, the music's very powerful, and I think the soundtrack is just as memorable as the film itself. I think and, so, too. <laughs> and, and you yeah. also have, it's not just the first film, but you talk about part two and part three, which a lot of people don't, uh, to this day, they, they, um, they remember in part three, we were just talking about, about that as well, um, Julie, and that image of her. Yeah. Ah, Julie. And, and well, I, you know, it's, it's yeah, I mean, Julie, I mean, character of Julie, um, Melinda Clark, um, she, Melinda is a from, I mean, she is an amazing actress. Um, she's had an amazing career since that film. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people think, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to do a horror movie, you know, and this is. You know, she probably thought, oh, and this is part three of all things, you know, is <laughs> is this going to kill my career? But you know what? I need to take what I can get right now. And um, it was one of her first roles. And, I mean, she's just an amazing actress, you know. And it's and what I love about the sequels, um, well, when I mentioned, well, two, I don't know, are you a fan of two? Two gets a bum rap, doesn't it? And I don't know why. I like that it gives itself it refer itself referential when that wasn't really the big thing that you know they even joke about you know Ed and Joey joke about haven't we done this before <laughs> you know yeah and <laughs> no I mean exactly and I mean obviously I mean it's not like they were I don't feel that they were intentionally trying to be copycats um, because they did I mean they they were tongue in cheek about it they did say you know I I feel like we've done this before but. I, I think it's special and different in its own unique way. And yeah, it's more comical than anything. Um, I like to, I like to, I actually, I don't think there's anything I, wrong I enjoy, I enjoy, I, I enjoy part two, uh, very much actually. Um, but part three is also special and unique in its own way. It kind of, it took a different, um, it went more serious. Um, it went more serious for yeah. sure. It yeah. was, Yes, it was very serious. It was very much um, a love story, and I'm all about that. I'm I'm a definite. I'm 100% Julia Roberts guy. You know what? If Julia's <laughs> in it, I've watched. I will. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm a Julia Roberts guy. So, like you know, part three. <laughs> so, uh, how many guests have said that? Right. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. It brought something else to the screen, which, you know, it, it kept the franchise going. But, you know, and then a lot of people think that it should have stopped there. You know, a lot of people think it should have stopped after the first one, but a lot of people think it should have stopped there. But I've never seen four and five. I don't know how those are. How are those? I, I, I will admit right here, I've not seen four and five either. And I kind of tried to forget about it because <laughs> <I'm, laughs> oh. I've, I've heard not good things. So I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I like the Hellraiser series, you know. <laughs> like, uh, oh. It's funny that you say Hellraiser. Yeah, you know what's funny? <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen, I can't really watch those too much because I have a weak stomach. Um, and they wake they're you a out. little, um, yeah, they're a little on the gross side. Um, but the first two are really good. After that, I didn't get it. Yeah, the first few are the best ones. It just goes downhill. It's really we, sad. We don't talk about the new one that, that came out and, and, and they've, yeah, yeah, yeah that new one. 
doesn't have Doug Bradley, forget it. <laughs> I don't even know why. I was at a video store and I actually was in the horror section and I was going through them and I was looking through the Hellraisers and there was this one, I, obviously it was trying to be new aged. It was something uh-huh. like computer. I, I mean, it, I don't know. It had something to do with computers or something. Hellworld? Was that Hellworld? Oh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, that one has the guy from Millennium in it. What's his name? Uh, Hendrickson. Lance. Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson. Yes. I love and that Lance guy. Hendri- but, Lance oh. Hendrickson is awesome. He's, a, just he's awesome in it. He is. He's awesome in it, but the movie sucks. The plot well, that's sucks. I mean, and then there was another one where they brought back um, Ashley Lawrence. Very sweet lady. I love her very much. Um mm-hmm. They brought her character back, um, and that movie, it's, uh, you know, I love Ashley, and I tell her all the time when I see her, Yeah, I tell her that her performance in the first two is amazing, why did she come back and do that other one? <laughs> yeah, we'll just erase that from our memory banks. <laughs> you know, well, I, and I told her, I was, like, I, I was like, you know people are going to talk bad about this, so you could have just let some other actress get talked about, you know, and not mm-hmm. yourself, but... She, you know, you know what? Hey, you know she. I she feels, you know, to her there's a connection with you know that that franchise as Heather Leggenkamp feels for Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, so you know I think it. She felt that she needed to come back and you know reprise her role. But you know what? That the thing is with with like uh, Ashley and and Lance is that they are the best thing in the film. That you're going to see. They bring, if you're going to go for it, if you're going to make something like that, you want to at least have something that brings, yeah. yeah. So, but um, I actually, uh, I think we're getting ready to run out of time here, Mike. And I really, really have loved talking to you. Um, Yeah, it's been great. We've been having a great time talking and we we were just babbling because we're all horror geeks and (laughs) <laughs> that's what we yeah do. i know I, I do i have a tendency to do that i'm sorry and, no, uh, no 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 I, oh, no. Great. no no thank you for having me on it's been but great. i i actually wanted to give you a chance to tell us um you know yeah. details on how we can get the the film when it comes out and and um i think you've got like a don't you have like another really really cool badass poster to go with this Ooh. Yeah, well, the thing was, in, in order to make it more decent, well, it's, let's see, we have, I mean, it's four hours of incredible material altogether. The first, the main feature on the first film is two hours, um, interviews with the entire cast, um, producers, writers, etc. cetera, uh, bonus features on part two and three, Dan O'Bannon's final interview, we have a locations walkthrough, we have uh, a Stacey Q live performing tonight we'll make love till we die oh Um, so awesome so she was kind enough to come back and do that for us um and if you pre-order we have pre-orders going on right now at getmorebrains.com and um up and if you order from us from the site you will get a 12 by 18 poster designed by the original poster artist carl ramsey from the first film Oh, um, wow. Was, so we had to make it more definitive by bringing him back to do our art. And and if you do, and not only will you get the poster, but James Karen, Beverly Randolph, and Brian Peck will uh, sign it for you. Oh, that is great. And and you guys did such a great job with the, the uh, Never Sleep Again poster. You brought back the original artist as well, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, we, you know, it's it's all about making it a whole. So yeah, it's definitely being trying to be, I mean, you can't use the word definitive if you're not, you know? Exactly. Well, you know, Mike, thank you so much for doing this. This is, I love the, like I said, you guys don't mess around. You, you get everything in there. So it's, it's really great. You guys be sure to get this. If you're a zombie fan, especially return of living dead, you have to get this. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming on and telling us about this and sharing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel so lucky. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and guys, that's it for this episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Todd and Queenie for being on and helping me babble as, as I am want to do. And be sure to tune in next time because we're going to do the vampire side of life with a Dark Shadows episode. So oh, shucks fire. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for Fangirl. <laughs>